Okay, so let's dive straight in. So today, um, uh, what I want to talk today, and uh, the title of the sermon is, if we're going to have it, yeah, the reality of the kingdom. And I, I've been thinking a lot about this subject lately, think, and that's probably Ben's fault, because Ben has been talking about the kingdom a lot lately. Um, and uh, and I, I know that kingdom of God, this, this is a thing that we, like, if you're in church for a little while, you probably have heard about it many, many times. And, um, and I think God has been drawing me into it. And what I want to focus today is in the reality of the kingdom, like now, what, what does that mean for our lives right now? Like as we go through, through life on a day-to-day, um, uh, you know, schedules and business and all that. So I want to start today with like a story. And we are, I'm going to share a few stories along the way. And hopefully uh, they're all going to make sense. And we're all going to leave today with a little bit more insight into it. Because this definitely has been super helpful for me. And I've been learning a lot. And I'm going to learn more now. And, and I hope this is helpful for you as well. Amen? Okay, so... I've been reading this book called Divine Conspiracy from Dallas Willard. I don't know if you heard about this book or of him, but he he tells this story that when he was a kid, he lived in a farm in a like remote rural area in the U.S. and they they, they didn't have electricity, and you know like you know everything that in life was limited pretty much by daylight and you know have all those limitations imagine if today we didn't have electricity you know going home what a nightmare right like we wouldn't we don't have like hot water or you know we wouldn't have our phones and you know for some people that would be catastrophic um so yeah so he lived in this like remote area and access to electricity right and but like eventually like the government started this program where you know electricity was like being made available to those areas so they extended like the electrical electricity grid to where he was and and that was like revolutionary for them right because now life wasn't limited by daylight anymore you know now people could have electrical appliances to help like with everyday chores and have hot water and they could preserve their food and it's like so just imagine all the things that we can do today because we do have electricity like we have the lights on and all that uh, so that, that that was now available to them and their lives changed forever because of it and and not because electricity didn't exist before and this is really important because like urban areas had electricity at that time uh, but the difference now is that electricity was available to them now. And this story is like it's very interesting to, and relevant to the subject we are going to talk today because it has a very like di- direct like parallel to the availability of the kingdom of God. Now in Genesis uh, chapter 1, I think I have that uh, passage there and you know we all might have heard it at this at some point. You know, God created heaven and earth. And he populated earth with, you know, all this amazing creation that we are able to witness today. And, and most importantly, uh, heaven and earth, they were like overlapping realities. And what I mean with that uh, uh, is, although they were different in nature, of course, like earth and, and all, all this that we, uh, we see now, it's, that in, it's different in nature from heaven. They were like intertwined. They were so like weave together that it, there was really no like practical difference so just imagine like god would come every day 
you know, to, to the garden to chat with Adam and Eve, you know. And I just imagine, you know, that that whole routine, you know, God would come up and, you know, and, and I don't know, Adam would make some coffee, you know, and they would have a cake ready, you know. They would, like, share this time together and share life. And Adam would show, oh, no, this is the new animal that I, I named today, you know, this is Zebra, you know, and whatever. You know, so, you, you know what I'm saying, like this. God was inhabiting the, like the same plane and same reality that um, humanity was in. So there was no suffering, no death, no diseases. Everything was right and perfect. Uh, but then man invited sin in. And now, like, it came suffering and, and death and diseases and all sorts of brokenness. And now heaven, and most importantly now, heaven and earth got separated. And so they were not the same reality anymore. They were not overlapping anymore, not in the same way. You know, God is so... Um, uh, uh, so before expelling man from, like, kingdom, from his kingdom, God made a promise, right? He said that one day someone would come and make everything right again. And that heaven and earth would eventually become one once again. And, but now, like, God is so merciful and so gracious and... Um, that um, that between that moment that man like left, you know, that let's call like the kingdom of heaven, right, the paradise, uh, and the moment of the fulfillment of that promise that God made, uh, God created like a, a stopgap, because you know humanity was not created to live away from God, uh, because being separated from God, it's like it's death itself. That's the actually true definition of death. It's like just being separated from God. So he created like this system where like through um, a priest and like a set of religious like rituals, oh, sorry, uh, you could like momentarily have access to God's presence, to his kingdom again. And that's where things like um, the tabernacle and, and the temple come in because those were places like there was a, like sacred places, holy places where God would like reveal himself to a very small like and select number of people. You know, just a few like people had access to actually like witness the, the presence of God that sometimes was were represented by the ark and 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 their job um, was supposedly to bear witness to, of that presence and to what God was doing to the rest of humanity. But like that was always meant to be just a stopgap, really, not a permanent solution. So, and it's, it's like, you know, if someone in Dallas Willard farm had a battery powered radio, right? And like if the battery runs out, they have to hop on a horse, you know, ride to the next town, buy the batteries, come back and then power the radio again. So they were like this, this system where, you know, there's, uh, uh, there's no direct access to electricity. You know, they have, they need intermediaries. So uh, back in the day, they, they needed a priest. They needed those sacrifices to have access to God and to his kingdom. But then Jesus enters the scene. Um, and and I, as I just said, you know, the, the place where, God usually chose to manifest himself and his presence were called, was called the tabernacle. And there's this like really interesting passage that is on, in John 1.14 uh, that says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And the word dwelling him here literally means tabernacle, which is 
Amazing. Like, I love to see and to find these like little connections in the Bible because it, it, it really shows that this is like one continuous story that, that God is telling. And so what John is saying here is that Jesus is not, not figuratively, but literally the physical manifestation of the kingdom of God. I'm going to say that again because this is really important. What John is saying here is that Jesus is not figuratively, figuratively, but literally the physical manifestation of the kingdom of God. It's the physical manifestation of heaven itself. Are you with me? Yes? So the tabernacle with all its ornaments and decoration was a representation of heaven, of God's kingdom. And then God would come and manifest his presence. And so Jesus was not the representation anymore. He was the kingdom of God himself. That's why he's Emmanuel, God with us. That's the presence, his presence every day with us. So you cannot be in God's kingdom without being his presence. You cannot be in his presence. Uh, in, you cannot be in his presence and not be in heaven. Because that's what heaven is. It's where God is. So if I'm in his presence, I'm in heaven. So Jesus was the embodiment of all these things. He was a manifestation of God's presence, his kingdom, and heaven itself. Which leads us to conclude that Heaven is not a place. Heaven is a person. And the person is Jesus. So if someone asks you, asks you, where will you go when you die? And if you're a good Christian, you will say, like, heaven, I hope. Right? <laughs> I hope I go to heaven. Um, but if heaven is Jesus and Jesus is in you, it's in me. As John says in John 15.4, um, uh, Jesus said, actually, in John 15.4, uh, abiding me and I in you. That means that we are in heaven right now. Is, isn't that isn't that crazy? I, I'll let that sink in a little bit because you see how all that is connected. And you can say, you know, Jake, I my life doesn't really look like heaven right now. Actually, sometimes it looks the polar opposite of that. But if someone if something can give us hope and peace, even in the midst of all the craziness that we live in our daily lives, <coughs> that is the presence of Jesus in our lives. And how would we explain this peace in the midst of all, all the chaos if that's not the manifestation of heaven in our lives? Isn't that amazing? So Mark, in Mark 1, 15, Jesus says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. What Jesus is saying here is that the kingdom of God is readily available. No, the presence of God is readily available. Heaven is readily available for us through Jesus. No intermediaries are needed anymore. No more religious rituals, no more priests or, or horseback riding to the nearest town to buy a battery. Now, electricity is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So it's here, it's available in the person of Jesus. The kingdom of God is at hand. The presence of God is available. Heaven is available for all those who repent and believe the good news. And what good news this is, right? All the preliminaries have been taken care of. 
Now we have direct access to the life that God created us to live, life in heaven. That's, that was always God's plan from the very beginning. It's here, this is our new reality, and all we have to do is to connect to the grid. All we have to do is to connect to that socket. So I was listening uh, to a sermon uh, the other day from uh, Tim McKee. I don't know if you know him. He's the guy behind the Bible Project. Those like really nice videos about like Bible subjects and all that. It's it's really nice. If you haven't, if you never ever came across those videos, I really recommend. It's a channel called The Bible Project. It has really really good like resources. Um, and he was telling this story that like he was on this hike you know he was like spending time alone with god and he, he went on his hike on this place in i think oregon and he was walking i don't know for a day or two already and he came across like this bush that was making some noise and he got a bit a bit like scared because he thought it was an animal and it was like he tried to make some noise to see if the animal would run away because his, his thought was if it run, runs away it can eat me but if he stays there, I, I should really start to run. And he tried to make some noise and the noise didn't go away. So I was like, yeah, no, this is it. This is, this is. Uh, but then eventually like someone came from behind the bush, like a woman got up and was like, oh gosh, I just came across someone going to the toilet. <laughs> and that, that's not really fun. But then the person uh, told him, have you tried the huckleberries? He was like, what, what are you saying? Yeah, the huckleberries, look around you. And then when he looked around, and I think I have a picture there, which, which is, I think, uh, near that region. When he looked around, like the whole place, the whole place was full of huckleberries. And then when he looked like, I don't know, two miles down until like he, his eyes could see where he was coming from, it was full of huckleberries everywhere. And then when he looked up like to the place he was going, full of huckleberries everywhere. So he was walking for like a day or two in the middle of like a huckleberry field and he didn't notice. And then like when, when he saw that, like his immediate reaction was like, I have to taste this. And he started eating the huckleberries from, from, the, from the bushes. And then he said that for the next like other like two, three days that he was there, all his meals included huckleberries. So that, that makes it like a photo good breakfast, right? So, so the, the takeaway from this story is that like the kingdom of God is all around us and it's readily available but sometimes like it's so easy to miss at the same time but because sometimes we're just going about our lives and you know like it's just busy and we have a thousand and one thousand and one things to do every day that is so easy to miss what is readily available around us so that's that's the, the takeaway from this story like the kingdom of God is available to us around us all we have to do start to pick the huckleberries that are around us. It's, it's this, like this type of life is like the, the sunrise or the sunset. Like we cannot make it happen, right? We cannot make the sunset or the sunrise, but we can position ourselves in a place where we can have a clear vision of it. So we can take intentional steps to like sit down and appreciate what is, what is going on around us. But it's also like not being passive in our own life about it, about like we, we have to make this conscious decision, intentional, take intentional steps to start following God's lead in every dimension of our lives. You know, by being intentionally aware of his presence. Ben was sharing the other day that he has this app that every day, like around noon, right, Ben? Like it gives you like a, 
uh, reminder, like, you know, just take two, two minutes to pray. You know, there, there's a bunch of things that we can do. I, I, I heard this story from um, um, a monk, I don't know, hundreds of years ago. And, and what he did was like every hour he had this reminder, every time they ring, the bell rang, like he would stop for one minute just to be aware of the presence of God in his life. So there's a bunch of things that we can do in our day to day, even in the midst of all the business and everything that we have to do, like in our lives, just to stop, even if it's for one minute, just to pay attention to God's presence around us, because it, it is there. It's like the Huckleberry Field is there. And if we manage to live like that, like day in and day out, we start to experiencing a new kind of life. That's the life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10, an abundant life. You know, it's, it is a completely different way of life. You know, when we come across someone that doesn't have Jesus and, and it's not on that journey yet, our lives has to be different from theirs. And I don't, and I don't mean on a moral way, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm better than you or like I, I'm morally superior. It's not none of that. Just because the presence of God in someone's life has to be different, has to make a difference. Uh, like it, it's a different type of fulfillment. But it's not dependent on career progression or, I don't know, material things or any of that. But it's the simply simple enjoyment of the presence of God in our everyday lives. Isn't, isn't that amazing? That's what Jesus is saying here. Like just, just being aware of his presence around us, that's what brings this ab abundance of Christ's life in us. And C.S. Lewis called this life, it's, and he differentiates it it's in, uh, between bios life, which is like our normal like biological life, and the Zoe life, which is this new type of life that now is available to us through Jesus. It's a new, an extraordinary kind of life that is only available in the kingdom of God. And he has this like amazing um, <coughs> illustration on, on his book, uh, Mere Christianity. I don't know if you uh, ever came across it or ever read it. That I, I want to read that uh, illustration with you. I, it's like It goes for like five or six pages on the book. I'm going to condense real, really like in just a couple of paragraphs. But I, I want to read this out and... and and I hope this is helpful. So, like in his book, is I think he gets to the core of Christianity when he says, like, one of the creeds says that Christ is the Son of God, begotten, not created. <coughs> and he adds, begotten by his Father before our, our worlds. When you beget, and this is C.S. Lewis too speaking, when you beget, you beget something of the same kind as yourself. A man begets a human baby, right? A beaver begets a little beavers, and a bird begets an egg, which turns into a little bird. But when you make, you make something, something of a different kind of yourself. A bird makes a nest, a beaver builds a dam, uh, a man makes a wireless set, or he may make something more like himself than a wireless set, let's say a statue. And I think I have a picture there. Um, yeah, so that's David, I think, from Michelangelo. And it's a super detailed, like, statue. It's like, the, uh, it's, it's really amazing, like, what, what the level of details that, you, that Michelangelo was able to get with marble, which is like a stone. 
Um, and if, he, if he's clever enough, like Michelangelo was, like he may make a statue which is very like a man indeed. But of course, it's not a real man. He only looks like one, but he cannot breathe or think. It is not alive. What God begets is God. So just as what man begets is man, what God creates, it's not God. Just as, just as what man makes is not man. That's why men are not sons of God in the sense that Christ is. They may be like God in certain ways, but they are not things of the same kind. They are more like statues or pictures of God. A statue has a shape of man, but it's not alive, Leo says. In the same way, man has the shape or likeness of God, but, he's, but, but has not got the kind of life that God has. We are made in God's image, but we are lacking the stuff that really brings us to life. This is without Jesus, of course. And that is precisely what Christianity is about. The world is a great sculptor shop. And we are the statues. And there is a rumor going around the shop that some of us someday are going to come to life. Isn't that beautiful? That's the difference that the life of God in us makes. Is the difference between a statue and a man. It's actually radically different. different, And that's the life that is available to us. Isn't that amazing? I, I get all excited about this because this is, this is really life-changing. Like th there is a new and different kind of life available to us for us to take. It's, it's there. It's there available to us through Jesus and through the life of Jesus. So we have presented God in the same way as a statue represents a man. You share a few traits, but you are fundamentally different by nature. However, when we open ourselves to this new kind of life, you know, we not only um, we start not only to represent God and His kingdom, but manifest it to bring it to existence wherever we go. In addition to that, we know that like every man has his own kingdom. Again, like regardless of belief, because that's something important to note. Like we represent God, regardless if you believe in him or not. Like any person and actually anything that God created represents him in some, some way. Like through its beauty and, and its like perfection. Just look at nature, you know. But when we attach belief into it, like Jesus said, repent and belief. When we do the, those things. We start not only to represent God as all creation does, but we start to manifest God's presence. We start to manifest his kingdom wherever we go. So, like, and, and we do have our own kingdoms, like, in our lives. Like, our families, our jobs, careers, even a past, whatever. Like, whatever it is that you exert, like, um, influence over. Um, but when we surrender our life to Jesus, what we are actually doing is bringing our kingdoms or our areas of influence under his kingdom. And by doing that, we start to manifest his kingdom in our areas of influence. So when Jesus invites us to go into, uh, to, us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, what he's saying is not only go and tell people that Jesus loves you, right? Like when you come across someone, you're trying to preach the gospel. It's not, it's not only that, it's, but it is, um, it is whatever is your area of influence, we have to go and bring heaven into it. 
Does that make sense? Yes? <laughs> Are you still with me? <laughs> so wherever we go, <laughs> wherever we go, like it's, it, so bringing the gospel to, all, all, to everybody, to all creation, as Jesus said, it's not only preach with our words, but it's to bring God's kingdom, it's to bring heaven in the places that we are. Um, and so that's why, like, I don't know if this have a, as, has ever happened to you, but, you know, something someone tells, like, there's something different about you. What is that about you? That, like, that's heaven manifesting itself. You know, when people look for you to ask for advice, why are they asking you for advice? Like, what do I know? Why people sometimes ask me for advice? It's not because of me, but there's something about me that is different and that is attractive to people. And that's not my beautiful face, as much as I like that I, I think that I have one. Amen, amen. amen to that, yeah. <laughs> but it is God's presence, it's God's kingdom that starts to manifest in our lives through the way we speak, the way we act in certain situations, the way we carry ourselves into life. That's heaven flowing, like Jesus said, rivers of living water flowing from us, from inside us. That's what the heaven manifestation looks like in our lives. And remember, we cannot bring God, bring God and not bring his kingdom. You cannot bring his kingdom without bringing his presence. You cannot bring his presence without bringing heaven. And, and, and that's absolutely beautiful. And the most revolutionary truth is there. We are becoming the same thing as God is. We are no longer statues. statues. We are coming to life. Not a representation anymore, but an actual real life. And when you think that way in those terms, um, some passages start to gain a completely different meaning. Remember what Lewis said about making and begetting? Like we were made uh, in God's image, but through Jesus, we are being begotten like Jesus himself was. So I have a few passages here. It's like The first is Romans 8, 16. The spirit... The, uh, himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Doesn't that hit different when you, you think about those terms and making and begetting? And John 1 12 says, But as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. Galatians 3 26, For you are all sons of God through faith. In Jesus Christ, and last uh, Ephesians 4:24, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's that's so powerful. So as we move through this journey of being transformed to be like Jesus, we have the duty to manifest God's kingdom wherever we go. And when I say transformed to be like Jesus, it's not in the sense of like praise me, I'm God. No, it's not none of that. Like it's in the sense that we now have the authority, authority through the name and the blood of Jesus to bring the kingdom power to every area of influence of our lives. Like Jesus said in Mark 16, uh, Mark 16 from 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. 
That's the kingdom power. And that's the kingdom power that God is calling us to manifest. Wherever we go. Now, if we see a sick person, we have the authority through the name of Jesus to put our hands on them. And they will get, well, this is what Jesus is saying here. So we have to believe those things. And we have to live and act like we believe in those things. You know, and say, actually, tomorrow when I come into work, I'm going to manifest God's kingdom in this place. You know, today, when I get home with my kids, and this morning was a particularly chaotic morning, morning with kids, both crying at the same time and trying to get everyone in the car. And, but I want to manifest kingdom in those, play, in those situations, in those moments. You know, I don't want to manifest the angry, Jay, but I want to manifest <laughs> the kingdom. And I want to manifest heaven in those places. As challenging as they might be. But that has to be like our, our desire and our goal. And so ask God for help and for, for wisdom and for his power. God's power is available to us through Jesus' name. And that leads to, us to my final story. Uh, this, this, um, this week, we, something very like life-changing and transformative happened to our family. Something really good. Um, so we, uh, and I, to, for this thing to make sense, I have to go back a, a couple of years. So in 2016, uh, Bruna and I, we came to Ireland. Uh, we lived in Dublin for four or five years. Um, and uh, like we, we had like our lives in Brazil when we decided to come here. To, I, I came to study, Bruna as well. And our plan was always like to go back to Brazil. But then, you know, things happened. I got a job and I, I, I stayed. And then like, what is now? Um, six years? Six, seven years later, we are here, two kids. <laughs> so our lives, lives are here now. And the whole time that we, we've been here, we've been on, on a visa. And I don't know how much you guys know about visas. I know that I know anything. I don't know anything about Brazilian visas. So I, I completely understand, like, all my Irish friends, they have no idea how visas in Ireland work. But um, basically... Visas, they are kind of a permission, like the government allows you to stay here for a certain purpose. You know, so you have stu student visas, you have like work visas, you have volunteer visas, like some like church workers have those type of visas and, and things like that. And so when we first came, I came on a, a student visa and then I got a job and I that got transformed to a work visa. But the reality about like work visas and they did not tell you before is that they are full of restrictions and and depending on the nationality they have, they are more or less restrictions. And so things like the restrictions that we have under like the visa that I currently have, I, can, I cannot change jobs. Like if I get a different offer, I cannot simply change jobs. Uh, that's not allowed. Like Bruna, because she's my wife, so she's on, dependent on my visa, she cannot work. Like if we decide to, let's say if I want to go back to college and do a master's degree or something, that costs like two to three times more than it would to an Irish person. Um, let's see what else. I, I mean, there's so many restrictions. Oh, we cannot apply for a mortgage, for example. Like that's, that's not allowed under our visa conditions. So there's a bunch of things that, you know, restrictions that are, that are in place. But there's one little rule that says that after you are in Ireland for three years and you have a child, that child is born Irish. So Oscar was born when, we, when I was here, like one year and a half after we, I had the work visa. So Oscar is Brazilian. Even though he was born in Ireland, he's not Irish, he's Brazilian. But Julia, because she was born after the those three years, Julia was born Irish. And what does that mean? Is that 
by birth, she has all the rights that an Irish person has. So she has an Irish passport, she can have access to free healthcare, she can go to college for the same like fees and you know, then I, because she is Irish and Brazilian as well. <laughs> 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 well, <next part. laughs> well, yeah, that's, but that's, uh, so she is Irish, that's her identity, she is Irish. But what, but I said that that was like a life-changing thing for our family, then why? Because we are Julia's family, and we are under our area of influence. Her rights are extended to us. Yay. Isn't that amazing? So now we can go to college and pay the same thing that Irish person pays. We can have access to free healthcare, and then we we can apply for a mortgage. <laughs> so our life is about to change. It's a, it's a lengthy legal process. I would love to say that, and now everything, it still takes a couple of months, but my point is, because Julia is kingdom, oh, Julia is a citizen of the Irish kingdom, let's say, and we are under our, her area of influence, we get to enjoy all the same privileges and all the, the power that the Irish kingdom has to offer. So because we are citizens of God's kingdom and we are his sons and his daughters, we get to extend the kingdom power and the kingdom privileges to wherever we go. Isn't that amazing? So, and, and <laughs> just thinking about that, like completely blows my mind just to realize the amount of, power and also responsibility that was entrusted to us as God's sons and daughters, as citizens of this kingdom. We have this, how can I say, this, this mandate, right? We are entrusted with this, with all this power, all these privileges and everything. And, and all we have to do is to share it. And the more we share it, the more we have it. And, and, and this is what the kingdom, being a citizen of the kingdom of God, means to us. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? So electricity, it's a hand. Power is at hand. We are citizens of this kingdom. We have direct access to heaven. A new life is at hand. The same time that our lives are now being changed completely, and our realities here in Ireland are going to be changed completely. Our lives in the kingdom of God gives us this possibility of change completely. And, and I want to circle back to the, the, the thing that I, said, I mentioned before. You know, there's still something that we have to do, you know, which is be available. You now, you cannot make the sunrise or the sunset but we can be available and position ourselves to see it and observe it and to appreciate it. The same thing with the kingdom of God. We have to make ourselves available. We have to bring our minds to what God is doing around us. You know, it's not, um, uh, it's not a passive thing. You know, we cannot make those things happen. We cannot heal people. We cannot, you know, uh, bring peace to people. We cannot do any of those things but we can position ourselves and be available to, the, to that power, you know, and to, to uh, pay attention to what's happening uh, uh, around us. Um, and like in the Dallas Wheeler story with the electricity, you know, some people were scared, some people didn't know they, they could afford it, but for those who decided to connect to the grid, experienced 
a life-changing uh, thing, and their lives were completely transformed because of the availability to, to the kingdom. So I want to leave you with um, two thoughts, two things that we can, uh, for us to, to think about and maybe to bring to God in prayer. The first is, what are the practical things that I can do to help me be aware of God's kingdom around me? And again, I once mentioned Ben's example again, like there are apps, there are a bunch of things that we can use that, you know, just to remind ourselves, like, you know, just to take 30 seconds, one minute, you know, every like two hours or every four hours, whatever it works for your schedule, but just to take this intentional time to sit down and just think, God, reveal yourself to me. Holy Spirit, come. You no, know, just like this simple prayer, because without fail, God shows up every single time because he's only looking for available hearts and available minds and the second thing is what can i do to connect myself to that so what god is doing and how can i respond to it so i want to leave you with this and i hope this was helpful and um yeah let's eat huckleberries right <laughs> amen Thank you for joining us at Foyle Vineyard Church. We love walking out this adventure of being a family together on mission. If you've joined us for the first time today, we'd love to connect with you further. Head over to our website, www.foylevineyard.co.uk and click I New to keep up to date with all the ways in which you can get involved with this busy family. Have a wonderful week and God bless.